everyone. We've got some exciting news to share. CA Today is officially on Twitter. This will give us the opportunity to connect with you, share resources and information that relate to our episodes, and get your feedback on everything we've talked about. So let's continue the conversation on the Twitter sphere by following us at CA Today Podcast. That's twitter.com slash CA Today Podcast. Hope to hear from you soon. Hey, welcome to CA Today. I am your host, Sarah Whitmire. And today's episode, I am joined by my colleague, Rob Miller. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So Rob, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do for BOCES? Uh, well, I am a model schools coordinator on the professional development team. I work a lot with technology integration. I do uh, some STEM and STEM robotics stuff. I work uh, in Cattaraugus Little Valley three days a week, and I'm out and about uh, the other days of the week. Awesome. Well, uh, Rob, I really want to take advantage of the tech integrator side of you and do a lot of um, focus on that for this show. Well, a little bit of focus, not a lot. Um, but I'm really excited to have you here because I think you have some great things to offer. So that said, our lineup for the show today um, Rob, you and I are going to kind of go back and forth in the showdown on some apps that we oh, think are useful. Awesome. So I hope you brought something great. Um, and then we are going to sit down with Tessa Levitt and talk to her a little bit about some of the learning that she's doing around lead and teach like a pirate. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I, I think that, um, I've, I've read some of that, some of that work and I think that it's a really exciting, um, venture she's taking into that world with Dave Burgess and We'll talk about that when we get there. So um, so that, we've got the featured focus, and this is where I'm really excited because um, we're going to be talking tech integration and the SAMR model. Correct. I keep getting it wrong, but the SAMR model. So Rob, you're going to give us a little bit of insight on how to do tech integration well, and then um, we're going to wrap with an app with Ryan McGinnis. Nice. I hope he brings something good, too. He better. He will, hopefully. All right. So uh, looking forward to the show. Thank you uh, for being here, Rob. Thank you for having me. Okay, Rob. So part of your job as the co-host is you get to design the co-host showdown. So why don't you tell me what we're going to showdown about today? Uh, Well, I was thinking uh, my background's tech. So I was thinking transformative tech apps, websites, or tools that you've used recently or that you want to use. I like it. I like where you're headed. Um, I think it would be great if we share these and then kind of get some audience participation um, to see if they were transformative and see what our audience thinks about what we are bringing to the table. What do you think about that? I think that sounds awesome. Okay. Well, since you are the co-host and you are the guest here, I'm going to let you start us off. So what do you have for us? Well, I'm going to start with an easy-to-use app. Um, It works on iOS devices, so that's iPads or iPhones. Um, And it can be used at any grade level, and there's a little bit of a learning curve, but once you use it, it really could change um, how your kids can tell a story. And the app is called Do Ink, so it's D-O space I-N-K. And it's a little pink octopus on the um. It's kind of cute. 
It is. You've got it up there on your iPad. I'm just so, peeking. So here's how it works. What it is, is it's a green screen app. So um, you can put a student in front of there, in front of a green screen, and they could do a weather lesson or they can act out a play. And with the green screen technology, you can superimpose them in other places. So we've done it with little kids, and they told us um, fairy tales. We've put kids uh, in national parks. Um, we've put people in outer space. It's just one of those apps that uh, you can find a place to use it anywhere you want. And uh, you can use a green background or a blue background in the app. Very cool. Now, I feel like I saw this recently on Twitter with one of our component districts. Was it like kindergarten students? So we had kindergarten students in West Valley yeah. reenact um, some plays that they're fairy tales that they were doing. It was really adorable. So green screen, is that something that... How, so how do you go about, like, so, if you're a teacher and you're thinking, this sounds really fun, I'd love to yeah. have my kids do this, how do I get a green screen or how do I, how so do, I do that? So when we say green screen or animations, it sounds super high-end because mm-hmm. um, that's what you think of, like, the news or CNN or the weatherman. Um, but pretty much what you need, you can buy a green tablecloth or a blue tablecloth from the dollar store. You can get green paint. We have a portable screen that we use. Um, and you just kind of hold it up and a kid stands in front of it or a teacher or a creature or anything you want can be in front of it. And uh, you just have to find an image or a video to superimpose on the back. Uh, it can be done. Uh, the app itself is $3, but the green screen, uh, the green screen could be bought um, cheaply or created. And so, so it is $3, so it's not free. It's not free. But... I feel like $3 is a very small price to pay Yeah, and for what kids can do with it. It is in the Apple volume purchase store, but it's not something that needs to be on every iPad, just the iPad you're making the movies with. Very cool. Well, awesome. I really like that. Um, I'd like to see how that could be used in, um, like, I, like I said, I saw the elementary kids do it. I'd love to see the kind of work that even middle or high school students could, um, could do with that. So very cool. Yeah. Mine I'm going to share with you is sort of an oldie, but I think a goodie that um, is one of those things that you you kind of forget about if if you've heard of it before and, and you kind of maybe passed up on it. But um, so what I'm going to talk about today is Remind. And it used to be called Remind 101. When I used it in the classroom, it was like just coming out. It was called Remind 101. Um, but they've really kind of upgraded what you can use it how you can use it and what you can use it for. And they just call it Remind now. And essentially what Remind is, is it's an online um, or app interface. So you can get the app for it. You can do it through the internet if you want to. And it's a great way to connect to students or parents via text message. And I think there's an option for email as well. But um, it's in sort of like the safety zone so that you don't exchange phone numbers necessarily, but you're always able to contact one another. And there are a couple of really cool features about it. For example, you can schedule things ahead of time. So due dates or upcoming assignments or things like that to send out to your whole class or to teachers. Um, It's a great way to send reminders about permission slips or things like that if you're not using another platform um, with your class or, or you're having, you know, you're trying to think what's a great way to connect, especially for some districts that might not have Wi-Fi at home. If you just have like a, uh, it just goes by text message. So it's a little bit easier in that respect. 
But um, they've also kind of upgraded that you can send pictures and PDFs and voice clips and things like that through the service. So um, I think it's kind of a great way to bridge that communication gap with um, from the classroom to to the home and community. So I think it's kind of something that seems sort of like, I mean, it doesn't really compare to your green screen and your fancy app over there necessarily, but I think that it has, um, it's a great way to stay connected with students outside of the classroom and with parents outside of the classroom in like a very safe way. My, um, my child's teacher uses this and, um, I feel it's the easiest way for them to get a hold of me and share the cool things that they're doing in their classroom. Right. Cause you're not always checking your email, you know, no. and you're not. I mean, as much as a phone call, a phone call is really important. Sometimes, you know, like with time, there's never really a good time. I feel like once you get home, you're just running um, as a parent. So it's kind of, it's just kind of a really easy way to make those connections. So that was mine. Cool. Not as like exciting it. as a green screen, but it's practical. exciting. Yeah. All about practicality. All right. So what else do you have for us, Rob? So the next one is more of, of a tool. I do a lot. Um, as far as coding and maker spaces and, and robotics. And one thing I was introduced to last year at ISTE um, through conversations. Is what a, is ISTE? ISTE is a, a national conference for uh, tech using teachers and tech teachers, innovative teachers. Um, it's like the national version of NiceGate. Okay. More than 10 times the size of it. Um, but the micro bit has been in Canada and other countries. It's actually developed by BBC. And what it is, it's a little um, circuit board that costs $14 and has LED lights and other ports on it. And you can program this little micro bit thing to do anything that you want it to do. So you can make the LED spell your name or you can make a hangman game out of it. Um, or you can connect other electronics on it to make a watch or to make a doorbell. Um, and it's cheap, and it's easy, and it's only $14. So if it breaks, it breaks. If it doesn't, uh, someone else can use it. And uh, their website, microbit.org, um, is pretty straightforward. They have a lot of projects there, and there's a lot of curriculum and resources out there for it. And it's just one of those maker things I've been playing with quite a bit lately. That's really cool. It sort of reminds me of like a light bright. Am I getting that the right vibe from that picture? Uh, well, it, the Ellie, you don't put in the you pins. You don't put in the pins, but yeah. they light up in that way? Yep. Sort of? And you can code, like little kids can use block code with it, um, and older kids can write script for it, or you can use Alice in a math program for it. So there's a lot of things that you can do with it. That's really cool, and I like the price point, too. I think anything that is inexpensive is, um, is awesome, especially with as much versatility as this looks like it has. Yep. Is that just a ton of ideas on their website you're scrolling yeah, that's, through? Yep, they have a whole bunch of like make a robot, make a watch, make um, teacher lesson plans, project lead the way lesson plans. Awesome. So they have a, over 900 projects and ideas, it says. And those are all free? Yeah, yep. The lessons and stuff? Correct. That's great. Awesome. So what is that called again? Micro bit. Bit. Very cool. Well, I think we can tell who is who does tech um, day in and day out, because your stuff that you're sh sharing is really, really cool. Um, this is this is something. So my next thing is something that I think kind of is maybe more in your realm. The remind I could see the practicality of, um, especially as like an ex English teacher, um, that that's sort of that's sort of where my mindset is. But this next one um, is called Flipgrid, 
Man, I know you've worked with this before, Rob. It's really cool. It's it's really, really cool. And it's something that I've seen a lot on Twitter and I'm I've explored and recently saw in one of the professional development opportunities that I um, was a part of. And it just at first it seems like a little daunting because there's some jargon that goes with it. Um, but Flipgrid is a really, really, really cool resource to get kids talking. Um, and sharing ideas. So essentially it is, it's an app or web interface and you go in and you make an account and essentially you create a grid which operates like your classroom. And inside your grid, you can have various topics. So you pose a question or you pose um, something to, to the audience that you want them to respond to. And then students go in and respond with video which I think is kind of a cool um, 21st century type thing. Uh, Writing and texting, we do a lot of that. But in some ways, technology with texting, and of course this kind of goes back on the remind that I was talking about, but you lose that face-to-face. And this allows um, more of that in the classroom because you're responding by video. So you end up getting this like grid of videos where everybody in the class or who has the link, and and there is a lot of privacy um, with it that, it, you if you have the link you can get into it but it's not public um so which i think that that's great as well but students can then also um respond to each other's videos which is pretty cool super easy to use um if you go to the flipgrid website there's a lot of resources on how to get started um there's a great ebook on there as well to kind of give you some of the ins and outs and to talk you through the jargon um because you're talking about grids and things like that which you know, once you figure out what they all mean, super easy to use. And it's such a great way to get feedback from students or to kind of get um, them to respond to to some sort of topic in the classroom. We talk about authentic assessments and mm-hmm. understanding checks, ticket out the door. You can fit that anywhere in your life. Absolutely. And, and it's just, I like easy and it's so easy to use um, that, you know, you can, it's something that you could, you could implement right away with kids, they would be able to pick up on it super fast. So um, really cool. Flipgrid. Check it out. Awesome. I will. Do you have something else there? I do have one more. Okay. So you have a bonus. What do you have over there? So uh, what I am looking at, um, it was just announced and it's not really on the market yet, um, but it's something I want to play with. And it's brought to you by Nintendo. So what they have is this thing. Uh, all these schools want maker spaces mm-hmm. and Schools might say you can't play games unless you make them here and all that fun stuff. But the Nintendo Labo uses uh, the Nintendo gaming system, the Nintendo Switch, and it combines the magic of Nintendo Switch with the fun of do-it-yourself creation. So you start with a piece of cardboard, and with your cardboard, you can build a piano, a fishing pole, or a motorbike. And then with your Switch, you connect it to your Nintendo Switch, and then you play games with that. So you can have a recital, catch a fish, win a race. Um, you can build toy creations with their own step-by-step instructions. Um, or you can explore the mechanics of the games and the cardboard and make your own Toy-Con creations. It was just announced. It's not really on the market wow. yet. Um, but I think come next year, uh, maybe this year at the end of the year conference, we'll see these. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something, uh, I don't know where it's going to fit in education, but I think it's cool. It is. I'm just looking at what you, what you have on their website there. 
it is really kind of interesting. Um, so the cardboard, it mm-hmm. is it like does it look like it's pre? So it comes with instructions. So it's cardboard okay. from them, and it looks like it's perforated. But then it says like you can customize it. So and again, it's just out this week, so I haven't touched it yet. Yeah. But um, that looks really yeah really cool. Have well, my money. <laughs> and what a great way to um, build connections for kids to see that. Uh, I think I know that kids work well with games and Nintendo especially. I mean, I yeah. can think back to my own childhood and my um, Nintendo system. Uh, what a what a really cool way to bring that into the classroom and make those connections yeah. for kids. Well, you have all the cool stuff, Rob. Oh, so do you. You have you have cool <laughs> stuff too. So, um, let us know of these. Five, I thought we were just going to have four, but we had a bonus. Five different tech tools that you heard today. And reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook at CABOCSIT. Um, and let us know if you tried any of these, if you liked any of them in your classroom. I know a lot of our school districts are probably utilizing some of these tools right now. So tell us how they're working and some of the things that you're doing with them. So now it's time for our staff spotlight, and today we are joined by Tessa Levitt. Welcome, Tessa. Hi, Tessa. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. So part of our staff spotlight is really just getting to know the members of our ISS team and some of the things that they're working on. So Tessa, if you could tell us a little bit about what you do at BOCES. Well, this is my 12th year at BOCES, and I am the director of curriculum at Whitesville just two days a week, and then I am a staff specialist for BOCES, the other 60%, and mostly I specialize in ELA, um, and I really concentrate on ELA um, pre-K-8, and then some of my other interests are teacher leaders, um, national board certification, and I really love all things growth mindset, using a lot of Carol Dweck's work. Do a lot of schools ask for growth mindset work? We've done a lot of growth mindset workshops over the past about three years. Uh, Lauren and I did a lot with growth mindset for teachers. We've moved it into some at some district levels, growth mindset for the district and cultivating that, that um, culture of a growth mindset with teachers and then with teachers and students. So it's definitely um, a hot topic over mm-hmm. the last few years, and it keeps growing um, through different aspects of leaders, teachers, encouragement, uh, self-talk, keeping positive, but then also just giving kids um, opportunities with like the new STEM Mm -hmm. standards of learning from failure and not getting disappointed when something doesn't quite go like you thought. Absolutely. That persistence is key. And you've done, you started a uh, Growth Mindset 2.0, right? Yep, we're working on that um, and hopefully going to do some more work with um, teachers next year with Growth Mindset 2.0. What do you do after you do the power of yet? Right. And, and really cultivating that with students. Awesome. And I understand that there is another um, sort of direction that you've gone and some um, research that you've started to do yourself. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so I came obsessed via Twitter with Dave Burgess and his text, Teach Like a Pirate. 
And so I started kind of investigating him on Twitter and following him and obviously reading his books. Mm -hmm. Then, all things leadership, I noticed that his wife had come out with a text called Lead Like a Pirate. And it's just such a wonderful and inspiring text using the same acronym that, that Dave did for teachers, but for leaders and for school culture, which is a huge undertaking for all leaders in our area. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Awesome. Great. So um, one of the things that, because I've read Teach Like a Pirate, and actually I did it because you were interested in it as well. Super inspiring. Um, I'm getting through Lead Like a Pirate as well. Uh, but for those of us who have never read any of the text or know what it's about, talk to us a little bit about this idea of a pirate, because I think there's a misconception. And Rob, you... Yeah. I'm not going to teach with an eye patch on. Right. <laughs> that exactly. it's like our pirates. But talk a little, little bit about what the pirate theme is. Okay, so the pirate theme is actually an acronym. And the idea of the pirate theme, though, is Dave does wear a patch mm -hmm. oftentimes when he presents. However, the whole idea of using the pirate acronym is that um, pirates, as you know, crazy as they, we might think they are, um, really often inspire people and move people under, during uncharted times. And mm -hmm. that is the landscape that we live in today in our schools. And so both Shelley Burgess and Dave Burgess have kind of taken that idea of being a leader mm -hmm. or being a teacher leader during difficult times. Great. So um, the PIRATE acronym stands for, in Lead Like a Pirate, um, P stands for passion, mm -hmm. so really encouraging um, teachers to follow their passion and also be risk takers. Mm -hmm. I stands for immersion and really thinking and immersing yourself in impactful work because mm -hmm. we have the power to change people's lives. R is to build rapport and relationships. And if you've read anything on building culture, it all comes down to relationships. Absolutely. A is for analyze and ask analyzing and asking those tough questions. Mm -hmm. T is for transformational culture. So really building a culture. And I love this story in the book where he says, Dave Burgess says in Teach Like a Pirate, that we want to make our schools so inspiring that kids are breaking down the doors to get in, not get out. And I just love that. And we need to make that for our teachers also. Absolutely. Wanting to be there. I think that that's, um, when, when I walked away from Teach Like a Pirate. I really was inspired by that idea, that passion, that immersion in the lessons, that um, rapport that you build with students, that enthusiasm for teaching. And that's, that stayed with me as well, that idea that you really want kids to be breaking down the doors Monday morning. And then with the lead like a pirate, this, you this want your teachers idea. to feel the same way. Like they want to come into the building. And, and to have a, a system that works that way, where teachers feel that way and students work feel that way is very powerful so and then the e sorry. and the e is enthusiasm <laughs> and talking about how someone is so enthusiastic that that becomes contagious in mm -hmm. those buildings and i love her idea shelly burgess and beth hoff's idea of kind of naming someone the ceo which they say stands for um chief enthusiasm enthusiasm officer so you know those teachers that are really enthusiastic and don't mind kind of being silly to kind of help you um beef up that culture with everyone not just the teachers with um maintenance with the cafeteria workers with the bus drivers everybody should feel mm -hmm. 
um, enthusiastic to get to work. It breaks my heart when I go on Facebook on Sunday nights or after a break and they're the countdown, like yeah. the misery of going to work. And that just breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. I just think it, it doesn't send a very positive message. Or the countdown has started for the next break. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. the end of the school year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Starting and in March, what kind of message does that send to, to students? Or to parents. Yeah. Because oftentimes, we know a lot of students aren't on Facebook. Oftentimes, they're more the, the Snapchat and the Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's more the parents are seeing that. And uh, Beth, or Shelly speaks to this a little bit, and I've seen Beth talk about it on Twitter, that we really need to be saying the countdown of, oh my gosh, we only have 89 days left with our kids right. instead of, oh, we have, we thank God we only have 89 days right. left with our students. So right. um, we often say that, you know, teachers kind of get a bad rap in media, but how do we add to that exactly. on social media? Exactly. And to be really cognizant because social media can be such a powerful tool for connecting that you really want to make sure that whatever image you're putting out there is what we want people to pick up on. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, your Lead Like a Pirate journey has brought you other places as well. And so talk to us a little bit about kind of where this, where this is taking you next. Well, Lead Like a Pirate, um, I did mention um, to the elementary principals last summer when we were in Ellicottville that this would be a great book study for leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I really like their acronyms and their ideas. And it, every chapter around each letter is, has tons of ideas, like the CEO I explained. Um, they have another um, idea for you know, enthusiasm and appreciation is to have a staff shout-out board. And basically, it's just a board in the faculty room or their other suggestions wherever they pick up their mail, mm -hmm. where the mailboxes are, and you have post-its there and pencils, and you do staff compliments. I like that. That sounds um, like a great idea. Yeah, so, a, a, so it's called a staff shout-out board. Um, we tried it this year at Whitesville, and it was great at the beginning of the year, but now I've noticed it's kind of... Um, waning a yeah, little bit. Yeah, waning a little bit. There's only a couple up there, but I think I'm just going to, this week, just send out an email. Don't forget about the staff. Shout outs. We're on the downhill slope of the school year and just recharge of, the idea. Yeah, to kind of recharge the idea yeah. and um, get people thinking about, you know, complimenting what, each other. What publicly. kind of things would be on the staff shout out board? Um, well, at the beginning of the year, um, we had some parents come in and really compliment like how clean the building was and how shiny the mm -hmm. floors were. And they're like, what kind of wax do you use? <laughs> so um, Tammy gave a, a shout out to the maintenance crew because you know they work all summer Absolutely. about what a great job they did getting uh, our classrooms mm -hmm. ready for um students and that even parents noticed um uh we had a couple new teachers this year so they kind of gave some shout outs to their mentors for you know some sharing ideas and stuff like that so it can great be idea. anything anything like that and i like that it's all staff absolutely because we're all we're all in it together it's a big community to consider it's not just teachers it's everybody right absolutely work. absolutely mm -hmm. So those were, were a couple of the ideas. One last thing that I love in Lead Like a Pirate is um, their acronym at the end of the book to kind of kind of start cultivating after you kind of go through the pirate acronyms, kind of cultivating those things that build relationships. Mm -hmm. And of course, pirates have to drop their anchors, right? Right. So um, they, use, <laughs> they live that theme. They live yeah. that theme. <laughs> so they use the anchor acronym. For just reminding us kind of how to build appreciation for others. Mm -hmm. So A is appreciation. And then N is to really notice what's important. And in the chapter, she really talks about priorities. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and I do this myself, we overschedule ourselves for not the important stuff. 
So being really mindful sometimes to just put it on your calendar. If your goal is to make sure you're in three teachers' classrooms that day, that that becomes the priority and that you don't get caught up in the stuff that's not as important. Right. So really being mindful of what's important. Always having collaborative conversations. Mm -hmm. Always honoring voice and choice. And I know there's been a lot about um, EduCamp types of professional development. I know some schools in our area that have Mm -hmm. tried that. I know Wellsville has tried it. Whitesville has tried it. Andover has tried it. And where you're actually cultivating teacher leaders in the building and having them share something that they're doing for 15 or 20 minutes with the staff. So that's really honoring voice and choice because you get to choose which Mm -hmm. ones you go to. And capitalizing on just the knowledge that you have on your your staff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And then O is for offering support, knowing when to give support and knowing when not to give too much support. And then we've heard about it a lot with um with teachers having to take time to reflect on what's going well and what's not going well so really honoring the power of reflection Mm -hmm. so that's the last acronym in the last part of the book and they share lots of different ideas for you know kind of cultivating that culture i like that since dave burgess has kind of been a hot commodity Mm -hmm. um over the last about eight years both shelly and dave have have started what um's called the Dave Burgess Publishing Company. Right. And now they have sort of two umbrellas. They have the teacher umbrella. Right. With like Teach Like a Pirate. Um they have a book called Empower, I think that yep. that you, that we've you really about. enjoyed. Um they have a new book that just came out from it that's called The Wild Card. Mm-hmm. And it's all about student engagement in um upper elementary and middle school. And it's a husband wife team that now um teaches at Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta and actually the husband I think his name's Dave too I can't remember he just got um this school year he was just he's now the director of curriculum at the Ron oh wow Clark wow. Academy so awesome. um just after five years of teaching there wow and then um another book that I love about leaders and school culture is um Jimmy Casas and um, he has a book out called Culturize, mm-hmm. and it really goes very nicely with um, Lead Like a Pirate because it kind of talks about relationships, relationships, relationships. Absolutely. And Jimmy shares his story, and then what he does is he's interviewed teachers and leaders in the field, and they put in their little snippets mm-hmm. about whatever he's talking about, whether it's building relationships or building capacity mm-hmm. or – um, being a champion for teacher, he sort of shares um, anecdotes, little, anecdotes, little yeah. snippets from teachers, and then different things that you can do to sort of build your culture. I I love um, I love that the Dave Burgess Publishing has really capitalized on real teachers and people who are in the field and people yeah, who, who are, are presently in the field and not yet that on that consultant next absolutely. Network. And and you get this sense that like this is real stuff that really works. So, you know, here here it is, and mm-hmm. it's not like you know super untangible things that you can't grasp. It's real stuff that you can implement and put into it's practice. Very practical. Yeah, it, it is very practical. And they really they really put themselves out on Twitter. Yes, and they do a lot of chats on Twitter. Um, another guy that was just in our area, I believe, I think both of you went to see Matt Miller. Matt Miller's under this umbrella Mm -hmm. with Ditch That Textbook Mm -hmm. and Ditch That Homework. Um, Homework has gotten a huge buzz over the last few years because there's so much more research 
out about the good, the bad, the ugly of homework, and, right. and, and when it when it's purposeful and intentional, it has value. But if it doesn't, then it's really just a waste of time. Um, so there's a lot of information out mm-hmm. about um, homework and and student engagement. Absolutely. So um, thank you for sharing some of this stuff that you're you're kind of branching out into. I'm really excited to see the impact it's going to have on our region because. I really do think it's powerful work that's being done. So thank you. Thank Thank you for having me. Today's topic for the Featured Focus is all about tech integration. And Rob, since that's your gig, I wanted to get your take on tech integration in the classroom because I feel like there's a bit of a misconception sometimes about using technology in instruction. And there's really a good way to do it and a way sort of maybe not to do it that's not going to give you the best bang for your buck. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah. Um, so there are a bunch of different ways to integrate technology. One, it depends on the teacher and the student's uh, comfortable level, how comfortable they are with the technology, um, the technology available to everybody, and then the time to plan and, and prepare. But the most important part is um, what's the learning goal of the lesson, and does that technology best fit that learning goal? So there are some things that might seem basic, but they're good, and there are things that are really transformative or redefines the lesson plan. The model I try to look at is called the SAMR model. And it stands for um, substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition. And it was created by Dr. Uh, Ruben Puntadera. I always thought that was Samer, but you, it's Samer. That's what that's what the cool kids say. Okay, well, I was I'm not cool then, <laughs> but um. Now, but the thing is, like, there's not levels that you should try to achieve. It's just kind of where you look at a lesson and see where the technology is at. Because substitution is good like it is good to replace paper or to start somewhere um and your goal shouldn't always be redefinition but it's something that you should attempt with your technology okay so it's sort of like the same the SAMR model I gotta get it right yep is sort of different levels of tech integration yeah so you're talking about substitution this so this is something that I um when I was in my program at Fredonia I took a class called Lit in Tech yeah and I struggled a lot with some of and this is back like 2006 Mm -hmm. so the technology we've come a long way since then but um, I struggled a lot because the professor would have us look at different ways to integrate technology that was sort of like just a substitution so one that stands out to me that I really struggled with was using Microsoft Word to create a choose your own adventure story and like trying to learn in Microsoft Word all of those um, different tools I guess I don't even know to try to link and hyperlinking today is not what it was then but to like link different pages in your document so that it jumped around and all of this and and I just when I was a student I didn't see the value in spending all the time doing that to create a story yeah I don't know so that really would be an example of substitution yeah probably a poor example of substitution so I'll so give me give me I'll walk through this with you. Give me a lesson that you would teach or a content or a skill in one of your classes when you were a teacher, Sarah. Okay, so, um, oh, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm ELA, and I'm thinking about, um, like, something around characterization with a character in a novel. Okay, so let's say we're going to do, how would you do the lesson without technology? What would you do? Just a very basic lesson. So, 
Okay. So you might create, I'm thinking maybe like a middle school, you're talking about characterization, you're talking about character traits and growth of um, the character throughout the story. So maybe you would create a poster or you would have them um, write a paper yeah. about it. So let's say now we're, we're going to use some, just some substitution where it's going to be the same lesson mm-hmm. and we're just going to substitute technology. So instead of um, a paper poster, they can make a flyer in publisher or a web program. Okay. Um, they could do research on the computer instead of on their books. And that would just be at the substitution level. It's still good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really redefine or change the lesson. Right. So now to, to augment the lesson, um, maybe they can use technology to collaborate together where they're working on the presentation together and they're kind of changing what the project is and they're going to use some peer reviewing and peer editing through a collaborative document to okay. review each other's work. So now like your lesson's really starting to change. Right. right? And the thinking that students are doing. So what I laid yeah. out was sort of a basic and yeah. now you've got kids working together, um, giving each other feedback, really kind of collaborating to a higher level of thought yeah. around a character's development in a text. Yeah. So okay. now, now let's say we're going to modify the lesson. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's uh, a series of slides or they're going to make uh, a documentary or a movie about the character instead. Ooh. And they're going to share that to the class. Okay. Um, and that can be done with any app, any program. Like but iMovie? No, iMovie. Clips? But, so now let's say they're going to redefine the lesson. Okay. So now you're going to take that movie or your poster, because it's now a choice project, because you and your kids are comfortable with all the technology. Mm-hmm. But they're going to create a website or a Facebook page about that character. And then mom, dad, grandma, and the entire world get to see that on some sort of a social channel. So, like, they could post it um, on your classroom Twitter or your classroom YouTube page okay. or your classroom Facebook, and everybody gets to see that and comment, and now you have a public presentation. So that really does redefine the lesson. It's different than creating a poster and hanging it in the hall. In the hall or doing yeah. some sort of talk in the class about mm-hmm. it. Um, I like that. I like the I, – I love every opportunity you can give students to reimagine their audience yeah. Because it makes the work so much more important. Um, and it, it really elevates their level of learning yeah. and their interaction. And if you still look at the basics of it, they're still writing, it, but you're adding mm-hmm. peer reviewing. Mm-hmm. And if it's collaborative, it can be done anytime and anywhere. You don't have to give up 20 minutes of your class. Right. If it's on a program, the kids carry a, a movie creation device in their pockets every day, and they can create it right on their smartphones or on a school computer or anything, and they can be set to go. Um, so redefining um, the lesson really changes it, and it's mm-hmm. going to become a little bit more project-based. Um, and that, that's kind of the, the list that you can go. Now, like, if you're, let's say you're going to do notes. It's okay to just substitute notes with technology. Mm-hmm. But redefining the notes might be collaborative notes, or maybe they're going to um, fill in guided notes on a handout. That's still substitution. But maybe they're going to create an infographic after the with the notes, and that would be a redefinition. That would be a redefinition. Okay. Now, so when you're working with teachers who are new to tech integration, or maybe even scared of technology, and you give them this model, where do you start them, and how do you build them? Because this is really the work that you do with our region's teachers, build them to that redefinition. Because I feel like that's a jumping off point that not everybody is really comfortable with. So you kind of have to get there. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you encourage that and some of the tools you use with teachers? So uh, my first thing is I, I really need to understand what the teacher 
wants to teach and wants the students to learn. Like, okay. what's the goal of the lesson? And then we can do some very, like, build some technology skills around that lesson. Okay. So a teacher that struggles um, checking their email, we might not want them to create a video and post it. But right. if that teacher uses YouTube, it might be easy to show her how her kids can create a video and post it to YouTube. Okay. And make it public or private, whatever they have. Uh, and it's okay to start at the substitution level because once you get used to sharing documents in Microsoft or um, using your smart board instead of an overhead projector, once you start using it and you see other people using it, mm -hmm. uh, you really get more ideas yourself. Is there like a, almost like an organic ladder that teachers sort of climb, starting with that substitution and just taking those baby steps? And I think probably too with our students and their ability to really work well with technology, that they, once they kind of see it being used in the classroom, they open doors for the teacher probably. Correct. More than the teacher probably could have yeah. seen. Um, so things you'll see is a kids going from one class to the next. They'll mm -hmm. say, oh, Mr. Miller does it this way, and then the teacher might get new ideas. Yeah. Or the kids can just have ideas that the teacher might use. I mean, the teacher has to be a little open to it. Right. But the kids can really help you redefine your classroom. Absolutely. I'm thinking about the movie, um, the movie piece. There are teachers in our or in our regions that are using and, and students are making great, great films. There's actually a film festival that has yeah. come out of it. Um, but it's it's really scary to think about kids making movies when, you know, that's not something we're kind of used to doing yeah. or as a teacher you're used to doing. But you know, our students, if you think about it, they're constantly making videos yeah. of themselves. They're, I mean, think about Snapchat, YouTube, th this is yeah. where they're at. So it's sort of like meeting them there and trusting a little bit that they, they yeah. can pick up some of that slack. And also, I think part of tech integration is being comfortable with learning with the kids. Yeah. And too, when you, you talk about those social media networks mm -hmm. and the, the bad internet, you can tell them about the good internet and how YouTube can be used for change or to create a movement or to change attitudes and ideas. Um, and those people become YouTube stars too, not just um, the people that do bad things. Right, so you right. Can, uh, we call it drowning out the negative with all the positive. I like that. Do. I like that. So um, just to kind of wrap up our thoughts here, with a teacher who is just starting, you would suggest substitution can you talk a little bit about the augmentation and the modification? Because we talked about sort of the beginning and we talked about where we can go when we start to redefine mm -hmm. our lessons. But talk a little bit about those middle steps and how a teacher who understands this idea of substitution can kind of move on. Yeah. So let's use uh, an example of class notes, for example. Okay. So the kids can use Microsoft Word or any of those programs to just create class notes for substitution. Um, so now when you have augmentation, now they're adding, um, they, they can do it on the internet and share their notes with mm -hmm. each other. Uh, they can add their voice to the notes. They can add um, some multimedia images, some arrows, some highlighting, maybe doing sketch notes on technology. Oh. Um, so that, that would be an augmented lesson. Mm -hmm. um, and then a modification um, could be they're going around and they're looking for other resources. So I look at this. When, when we watch a movie, we sit and watch the movie. When our students watch movies at home, they're on the internet and they're looking up like, okay, who's this actor or actress? What other movies are they in? And they have like 
IMDb open on their thing, and then they're looking, and then they might be writing reviews for it. It's how they eat at restaurants. They could be Snapchatting. Right. Um, so that's really maybe how we should do notes. Like if you're talking about something, uh, Shakespeare or a character in Romeo, mm-hmm. maybe they can be looking up on the and putting them in their own notes, multimedia resources about that. Maybe they're going to link to the different types of videos that, that are out there about Romeo and Juliet. Um, so that could definitely be a modification right. of their notes. And I could see just the um, communication around around that kind of note-taking yeah. to have that be shared to the audience, and now it's a collective uh-huh. resource for the, the entire class to, to access, which is very cool. Yep. Um, well, thank you, Rob. Thank you. I think tech integration is super important. I think it is daunting in a lot of ways, but that model really makes sense. And I think it's, it's a great way for teachers to kind of take baby steps into really getting that full tech integration into their classroom. I agree. Thank you. It's time now for Wrap with an App, and we are joined by our colleague, Ryan McGinnis. Hi, Ryan. Hello. How are you guys? Hey, Ryan. Great. Um, so, Ryan, this is your first time on CA Today. So why don't you, before you talk to us about what you brought, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what you do for us at BOCES? So I'm a model schools coordinator, and I spend one day a week at Hinsdale Central School, and then the other four days a week I float around between other school districts working with tech integration and helping make uh, new lessons and fun things like that. What are you doing the most in these schools? Uh, A lot of Office 365, virtual reality, Nearpod. Virtual reality sounds interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Well, maybe we'll have to have you back to talk about um, some VR stuff. So. Um, Ryan, why don't you talk about the app that you brought for us today? So a couple weeks ago, we saw on Twitter that they had these merge cubes that were going on sale at Walmart. And it's a $14 uh, cube that has been on sale for like a dollar if you bought it in stores. So I, of course, ran out and bought 30 of them (laughs) for for CA BOCES use. And it allows students, uh, it has a bunch of QR codes on the sides. And you can download, you know, nine or ten different apps so the, the cube can become something that they can hold. So it puts a model of the solar system in their hands, and they can twist and turn and interact with the solar system. Or there's a human body app. Um, there's one for party games and, like, Minecraft with Dig. So the kids can interact with it in a couple of different ways. So it's a physical cube. Correct. That these apps read the, this QR the code sides yep. on it. And it becomes something that they can interact with. It becomes with. something they can hold. So with the Dig app, they can actually have a 3D model that they can use Minecraft-like building on. Mm. Um, so if you're doing that for your class, you can actually use that app. So it looks like a Minecraft world yes. in the hand? Cool. Yep. And you can change and build whatever you want to on top of it. Um, like I said, or there's an anatomy one. There's a, there's a big anatomy one that's, that's paid that has more features. Mm-hmm. Or there's a free version that just gives you simple body features that you can rotate through and look and analyze uh, more in depth. But I really like the space one. So it really puts a 3D solar system right in your hand with the planets and the suns and the moons. It's really cool. That's really awesome. So I guess we aren't too far off from the virtual reality stuff that you're working. No. But this is more, inter- this is more like augmented reality, yes. right? Yes, it allows the users to interact with it and still see um, what's going on around them. Okay, so Rob, I want you to tie this to the SAMR model. Because that's sort of the theme of our featured focus. So sure. where does this fit in? And I'm, I'm guessing I've already said the word, but. 
So let's so with the SAMR model, we can, you can do a lot of different lessons with um, augmented reality. Um, so using the merge cubes or, or other things. So just substituting that could be like the kids are just looking at the solar system um, instead of like a diagram or so, like yeah. a just a two D picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now um, the augmentation of the lesson, uh, and I know in that app the, the kids can zoom around and look at all sides. Mm -hmm of the sun and the moon and actually spin it around yep and they get to see how um how far and how how close um physically the planets are to the, are sun. To the sun is that done ryan is that done by moving the cube or yep. is it done by moving the nope. device so they actually just move the cube and they hold the device in place okay they even make a pair of goggles that you can stick your device into so you have both hands to be able to hold and twist the cube oh. so if we have like our uh, google cardboard glasses we can come into the classroom, they can put the headsets on, and they can actually just twist and turn the cubes themselves. Wow, cool. that is really cool. Um, modification could be uh, the kids are recording themselves doing that and explaining it. And then uh, redefinition would be the kids could use an app like CoSpaces and create their own augmented reality world or virtual world or HP reveal or one of those things. Would know? that work with the merge cube, or is that like a different It'd application? Be a different one. Yeah. yeah. So they've actually, we've seen kids who have taken pictures of the size of the merge cubes mm -hmm. and blown them up to, to, you know, make the size larger. So since it's a QR code, they just replicate the size of it, print off the you know, four sections of it, make it bigger. And that makes the scale that much larger. So you can go from having a solar system in your hand to having a solar system fill up, you know, most of a gymnasium just by scaling the size of the QRs up. That is, that's really, is that something you've done with kids? I have not done. But I just, I just saw it on Twitter last week okay. and I've seen that they've now opened up the Merge Cube um, app editor so that you can now make your own apps. So you can tie it into something that you've already created. That's really awesome. I like that because with some of the augmented um, reality stuff that I've seen, like that dollar bill, what is that dollar bill one? 1600. 1600. 1600. Like it's just that. Mm -hmm. You know, but I like that there's a lot of application here. So yep. a variety of different disciplines and grade levels can interact with the, mm -hmm. the Merge Cube. Yeah, and turning it open source allows for anybody to develop for it. So That'll be cool to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to come back and let us know if there's any really great updates on it. we Will do. So, all right. Well, thank cool. you. Thank Ryan. you. Yep. We appreciate it. No problem. Well, Rob, that is the end of the show, and I just wanted to thank you for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. I learned a lot with uh, Ryan and Tessa on the show today. Absolutely. So uh, for those of you listening, please follow us at IT on Twitter. You can reach our podcast on our website and get our show notes at catoday.cabosies.org. Or you can follow us on iTunes and Stitcher looking for the podcast CA Today. And um, I think that's about it. So Rob, why don't you close the show? Thanks for listening to CA Today. We hope to see you soon.